Welcome to Welcome the Gun Show. I'm joined by Tarek. Recording in progress. <laughs> and Garrett. Hey, everybody. You should have gone with recording has started. <laughs> recording has started. This meeting is <laughs> being recorded. <laughs> or, or whatever this thing says now. <laughs> I've got recording in progress. So did I. Nice. Well, welcome back to the show, guys. A uh, couple of bits of admin before we roll into tonight's topic, which should be pretty cool, I think. The first one, and obviously the most important one, is Welcome to the Gun Show shirts available at Boss Ninja. Uh, if you haven't ordered one yet, you better get onto that. We've even had dudes from the States trying to order some. So T is going to potentially sort uh, Jack-Jack out. Yeah, and we could get Jack-Jack one. Size super sturdy. So that's pretty cool. So these guys, uh, head over to Boss Ninja, get your shirt, stick a cool name on it. Don't, don't put like, I don't know. Shawl. Yeah, don't put shawl on your shirt. Just like, <laughs> like a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah put, put, put something more, uh, more fun than that on there. Righty. We'd like to say thanks to our sponsors, uh, Zero Mike Bullets. You guys know the draw. Websites up, bullets are available. Head over to there to order your bullets for the level four. Um, well, I suspect that if you're still waiting to order your bullets for level four, you may be cutting it a little bit close now. But uh, bullets for after the level four, you'll still need to shoot. So order some stuff, multiple calibers, multiple weights in some calibers, um, one color at the moment, which I quite like. That pencil color is quite awesome. Drill of the month. T-Bag, you have just announced uh, the October Drill of the Month. Yep. Which is- the October Drill of the Month is the um, IDP Gay uh, 5x5 classifier. So it's 10 meters, 25 rounds. Um, in Drill of the Month tradition, you'll do your carry gear from your carry gear. Uh, five rounds uh, freestyle. Uh, drawn five, five rounds strong end only, drawn five, five rounds, do a slide lock reload, five, five rounds, and drawn five, four body, one head. Um, and then all IDPA scoring, hit and zero one. So the, the, the down one or the, the Charlie and IDPA talk, Nipsic talk, is a second added to your time. A delta minus three is three seconds, and then you can work out your classifier from there. We are allowing for six to be carried because we're not scared. Um, Sorry, Baron. Um, so, uh, yeah, get it in. Um, it's, it's a slightly higher round count than we often do, but it's still not a huge amount of rounds, and it's enough space that you can do it. And remember, you can go do that at uh, Shooting Stuff. They will arrange. They will even loan you a timer if you need one at a, at a reduced rate. There we go. T-Bag has, has covered the uh, Shooting Stuff till the month bit. Uh, thanks to Zero Mike Bullets for the thousand bullets that are up for grabs. That draw is uh, rapidly approaching us. I mean, by the by the time you guys listen to this, the the time for entering the draw will have expired, and we hope to have the uh, the winner announced the week after this podcast drops. So it'll probably be in the in the next show after this one. Um, thanks to Flatback Alpha for the swinger and the target stand that they've thrown into this. Quite cool prizes. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, next up, Magnum United. You guys would have seen that they've made some changes to their rifle range. Uh, I haven't been out there to go and look at it, but it looks like they've made 
substantial improvements in terms of the uh, the width of the range, which should be pretty good for guys who want to go and sight rifles and things. Um, they already improved the the benches and the chairs on the rifle range. I think this is just an added benefit. We have some more space. Quite cool. I have messed with my parking though, which makes me quite upset. Oh, okay, yeah, because I haven't been out there. They so they widen that bit into there. Yeah, my my parking there's now a hole because it goes onto the right. I'm, I'm very disappointed, Billy. Ah, Good job, Billy. I didn't realize that. Now I have to find another no parking sign to, to, to park at. Oh, there's there's a couple more on that range. I'm sure you'll find one. It'll be all good. <laughs> Uh, we'd like to say thanks to Guns at Work who are making sure that the Welcome to Gun Show logo is on all the EGPSA team shirts for the upcoming Level 4. We really appreciate it. Another range that's well worth visiting, uh, head on out there. They've got lots of ranges and uh, sort of they have a large variety in the ranges. They've got some are a little bit shorter range but quite wide so you can do some movement work some are quite long so you can go try and shoot your 25 30 meter ba to be one two really cool stuff big rifle range um and i think that they've bought that new like absolutely fuck off big range at the back that i haven't been on yet but i saw some photos of gaz is looking at me like he doesn't know which one i'm talking about you're talking about the rifle range or the ranges that they that were built just before pcc nets the ranges that were built just before pcc nets there's that massive one against the in the back left-hand corner there, yes. Yeah, there's a few more handgun slash rifle shotgun ranges available as well now. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, I actually need to go there soon and sight in some rifles. Nice. Yeah, because they've got they've got a bit of space there. Like, yeah, they've got a 200-meter rifle range, which is really nice. Uh, T-Bag, do you want to say your... Uh, your Oops. 90... Uh, oh, you left at 89 last week, right? 87. 87. 87, yes. 87. Yeah. Nexus Pro. 88. Mr. President. <laughs> Nexus Pro. <laughs> Nexus Pro. Uh, thank Good you, Lance and Dan. You guys are great dudes. Um, if you need any of the Magload stuff, please hit T up. You can get you uh, the information that you need to purchase those. If you're looking at buying something that isn't Magload, isn't an extra pro um you're doing it wrong uh they also bring out in some other stuff like the dcc clips that you'll see a lot of us running on on our holsters those are absolutely fantastic so if you need some of those hit them up too next bit and we're we're rapidly approaching the end of this nonsense talking um the anderson classes are nearly sold out i saw something that there is there is i think two spots left on the one day and two spots left on the three day or something to that effect um if you'd uh, like to get onto those let me check as of today let me just check i did get a message from shanana uh, apparently there are two slots left in the three-day class okay so the one day is now all gone i think so I, this is just i know the three day there's two slots left so grab those creaky tick. Exactly. Um, but that's that's quite good work. Um, I'm not sure how many of, of those have sold since the, the show with Steve, but uh, it looks like they will be selling out, which is fantastic. I'm um, just messaging Shanana now to just confirm. If cool stuff. Else. While we, we wait for that, uh, we'd like to congratulate uh, Mashant Salia for winning the slot on the one-day course with Steve for 
sharing the post, tagging Welcome to Gun Show, tagging AndersonShooting.com, making sure that it was a public post. Uh, Sinead did the draw for that. I think this morning or maybe this afternoon, she announced it this afternoon. And uh, as of recording this afternoon, and uh, I posted it on the Welcome to Gun Show page at time of recording. So congratulations, dude. We hope you get a lot out of it. Um, if you don't, you're doing it wrong. But <laughs> and uh, I think that concludes the uh, the admin section, I suspect. So, so you can stop pressing the forward button. Shall we? Yeah, I don't even know how long we've been recording for because my timer isn't running for some reason. Um, well, we record. We are recording because it told us we were recording. I know we are recording, but like the uh, the thing that I normally start, so I can tell how long we've been going more or less, is not running because I've got to hit it. Um, <laughs> I think that stops at thirty seven seconds, doesn't it? Yes, if we're lucky. <laughs> I want to show um, off now. Do you do you want to uh, introduce the topic for? Hi everyone. This is topic. Hi topic. This is everyone. Um, sorry, it's been a long, long week already. I'm glad uh, you what we thought we would chat about today. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> which which term is the stand on? Uh, the left foot. Okay, so I won't stand on the left foot. Correct. Um, what we thought we would chat about is the difference between, and this is something that people often struggle with, um, training, practice, and competition. Because they're not all, shockingly enough, the same thing. In fact, very rarely is one of those things one of the other things. Uh, and it's something that, that's often really misunderstood. So we thought we'd have a little chat about how those are separated and, and how to kind of push that into your own uh, improvement regime. Improvement regime. Hmm, That's nice. such a nice way of putting it. I have, I have skills. Uh, I mean, oh, there are some slots left in the one day classes. Sorry. So no, it's just. Okay, cool. So there are some, at the time of recording, there are still some slots left. I think I saw there was two earlier today, but I, Whatever. By the time you listen to this, that may have changed. Uh, just email Shanae and, and find out if you're still interested in getting onto those courses. And you should be. Um, and if you're not, you're a communist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's your shovel working? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mr. Evans, what is practice? Practice is the action of applying yourself to learning and improving your skill set in any activity, not just related to shooting. What is training or instructed training, I think, is the, the, the way to clarify that. Okay, so basically instructed training would be you approaching or um, getting involved in a course with someone who has the skills to give you the necessary information and tools for you to go and practice. Excellent answer. Mr. Evans, what is competition? Competition is your ability to go have fun with your mates and then apply your skills that you have been practicing. All right. Um, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Garrett has covered it in absolute detail to the point where you cannot get these wrong anymore. We will see you guys next week. Nice. Later, losers. <laughs> this meeting is no longer being recorded. <laughs>
Um, no, like jokes aside, that is spot on. That is exactly what it is. Um, I mean, we'll we'll expand on those a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got the rundown from Gaz himself. This when when we do that that Gaz only episode that's going to be twelve minutes long. This will be the intro for that. <laughs> this could have been it. Like we could have just stopped and like there you go. It's twelve minutes of Gaz. That was more like 30 seconds. That's what I'm told. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's flesh that out a little bit so that you get your money's worth. Um, because I think it is, it is something people often get confused about. Uh, and I think it's something that, that people... One of the big, big issues we see is people who, who, go, who, who think matches are practice. Um, so, so if we work on this sort of, if, if we apply, if, if we sort of approach the bit that's, that's incredibly wrong first, matches are not practice. Um, if, if you're shooting an eight stage match, best case scenario, you're doing eight draws. Um, there's a good chance you're doing six or seven draws. That's not practice. Um, you're, you're doing a limited number of things. You're getting no repetition. It's, you, you, can you, can you learn things at a match? Sure. You should be but it's not training. Um, and I think this is where people get confused. So training as, as sort of the, the first block is where we learn new skills. And, and for the majority of people, that's going to be best done um, with someone else giving some sort of direction. Um, self-training and, and, and sort of self, self-learning is, is possible, but it's, it's substant- it is more difficult and it requires a higher level of understanding of the thing you're, you're working at. Um, so that you can you can get a better breakdown of of what the thing you're doing and, and it's an important step and it's something that everyone needs to, needs to do but a lot of people try and do it like from the very beginning because you know I'm, I'm a shooter and I don't need anyone to teach me and spend ten thousand rounds building a bad habit when they could have spent two hundred rounds learning how to do it properly spend uh, ten thousand rounds to make D class exactly um, and and then proudly being D class, but you know, so training is 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 learning new skills, um, and that it might be learning subtlety. It might, it might be learning completely new skills. So it might be something you've never done before, or it might be learning different ways to approach um, things you've done previously. So uh, with Steve coming, a, a silly example would be: you know how to do a turn and draw. You come and do Steve's class. And he teaches you a different way to do a, a turn and draw, which may work substantially better for you. It may work the same as what you're doing. It may not work for you. Um, no one can guarantee you that at the beginning. Uh, with Steve one, it does actually work really well. But the so even though you you have a skill there, um, his his direction is going to give you a new approach to that skill. Um, or as I say, it could be something completely different. It could be something you've never done before that, you know, it might be a reload while shooting weak handed that you've never done before and you get taught how to do that. Or, or, or in a lot of cases, and, and for more shooters than realize they needed, it might be the fundamentals of how to hit the thing you want to hit with a bullet. Um, assuming the thing is not just the backstop or earth. Uh, so training is, is training is not 
and, and I think that's as important as what is it. Training is not where we perfect a skill. Um, training is not where we make a skill our own. Um, and, and that's where a lot of people don't you get confused. And, and this is chat to instructors from around the world. They'll tell you about guys who every year they're in, you know, dude goes to whatever place once a year and offers training. And the same dude is at that course every year. And the same dude is in the same place every year skill-wise because he's done nothing in the last year or he's gone on every, per and we all know people like this, he's gone on every instructor's training class they can find. And they've trained, but they haven't done the next step. Um, and, and that's practice. Uh, and, and what practice is, is practice is where we take that skill and we make it our own. Um, and that's ex exceptionally important. And, and that's not something you're going to do at matches because, as I said, in an eight-stage match, you're best-case scenario doing eight draws. You're not going to perfect your draw. You're not going – you're going to do absolutely nothing of real value to your draw in eight draws. Um, so that's something we need to bear in mind. So, so practice is where we, we take those skills um, and, and, and through, through sort of repetition and if we want to be intelligent about this through, through sort of breaking down what we're doing. So not just drawing, but going to the range. So, and we'll use drawing as an example because it's a pretty simple one. Um, that could dry fire is could be training, could be practice. It, it could be that self-learning, um, or there should be a, an element of that, and it's getting those repetitions in. So we're sitting there dry firing, we're looking at the timer, we're seeing what's happening. If I do this, is it quicker? If I tweak this, oh, I tried this, and now all of a sudden my my, my draw slower. Is that because it's it, it's new and and different and, and untrained or untried, or is it because it's an inferior technique? Um, and, and that's that's an element of self-training. Uh, we might try the same draw um, repeatedly for five minutes and, and get in 175 repetitions uh, where we're finding a more efficient way to do it, where, where we're building that, that sort of neural pathway that this is what a draw is. Um, and one of the examples I often use on, on class and in class, and it's, it's a simplified thing because I'm not a neurologist, um, um, maybe neurotic, but I'm not a neurologist, is when we're starting out with a draw, uh, there, there's numerous steps to it. So in your brain, you go, I must draw the gun. Timer goes beep, instructor goes fire, you decide you're going to draw the gun, whatever. And we, we go through this series of draws of my hand finds the gun and then my hand finds a grip and then I grip the gun and then I draw it out the holster. And there's nothing wrong with any of this. This is how we have to learn. I draw it out the holster, my, my hands meet, the gun comes up to eye level, um, I align the sights or the dot or whatever, I pull the trigger and, and fire the gun. Um, and those are the steps to the draw. And, and that's what we're doing during training. The, the instructor is saying to us, okay, do this, do this, change this on your draw. Your hands need to meet here, whatever. That's training. My dogs are talking. Where, where practice comes in is now doing those repetitions. So we go from those multiple steps to one switch in your brain, which is draw. Um, because what you don't want to be doing in a match or in a gunfight is going, I need to draw my gun, so I must get my hand to my gun, grip the gun, clear the holster, hands must meet. Because if, if all of that conscious thinking, and, and for those of you who don't have a huge amount of experience with guns, you can apply it to cars as well. When you pull away from a robot, you're probably not going clutch in first gear, clutch out a little bit, accelerator in, mirror, mirror, blind spot, mirror, clutch out a bit more, accelerator in. Okay, the clutch is bitten a little bit more, accelerator. 
pull off or clutch in, pull back into second gear, clutch out a little bit. And when you started driving, that's exactly how you learned it. Through practice, by doing it a lot, um, not on a racetrack, but in more day-to-day stuff, you, you've got the repetitions that when you now pull off um, from a stop street, you press the button in your head that says pull off from the stop street. Uh, you, your shooting skills through practice, we, we, we do that. We do in enough repetitions that the skill is is hardwired and sort of the myelin is bundled. So it goes from a series of commands, and I don't know why I'm talking with my hand because only these two can see it, but it makes me feel better. So the, the myelin is bundled, so it goes from a series of commands to what I always think of in your brain as one switch. So instead of like the old telephone operators where they're, they're plugging in lines, you now go to speed dial and you go draw. When you need to reload, once again, we're not going hit the button, look for the mag, index the mag. We, we're reloading and, and it's almost that sort of sensation of it's done and you can't necessarily put your finger on when you did it everything. That's not going to come from a training course because there's not enough time. Uh, if, if, if you're doing a one-day, two-day, three-day training course, unless you're the type of person who's going to be happy to do a three-day training course where for three days all you do is draw guns, um, in which case you have some psychological problems, um, but we can chat and I can charge you a huge amount of money for that. Um, you know, in a training course, what you're most likely doing over that one, two or three days is little blocks. You're getting some repetitions and, you, and you're, given, you're given a set of skills to go make your own. So instructor goes, this is how we do whatever. And whatever level it is, this is how we drop step. This is how we draw a gun. This is how we fucking parachute land and fall and shoot under cars or what the fuck ever. Um, you then need to go take those things and make them your own because because an instructor showed it to you and you did it four times in front of him or her doesn't mean you know how to do that skill you you now have something to go work on so that you're not flopping around in the in, in, in the dark you're not going oh i don't know how to draw a gun you're going well i've been shown this thing so let me do it uh until I have, and, and that's constant, you know, even at Gaz's level where he rips ridiculously fast draws, he's still dry firing that uh, to keep that neural pathway strong and to find better efficiencies. Um, and, and, and that's that's something we, we, we need to be looking at. So practice, practice should be the vast majority of your time spent on, on any skill. So we're talking about shooting here. So training should be a, a percentage. Matches should be a percentage, and those two together should still be a much smaller percentage of the amount of time you spend in practice. Uh, and before you jump up and down and go, oh, we can't afford, we can't all afford huge amounts of ammunition. Dry fire is free. Yes, free. All you need to do is find a bit of time to do it. So, yes, it's, it's nice to live fire. It's much more fun um, unless you're a weirdo like Gaz, but. It's not going to, it, it, don't use that as an excuse. Um, spend more time practicing than you do uh, either competing, which we'll discuss just now, or training. I'm going to stop talking for five minutes so someone else can get a word in edgewise and then we'll carry on. So the, the way that I've always broken it up in my head, and this is not, not an exact science, but um, matches are and, and should be, 
I, I know that there are places where this isn't true, but matches are a, a one-time on-demand thing. This is what I can do on the stage now. And regardless of how it goes, that is my performance on that stage. And that is what I get. In practice, there are always do-overs. Always. Don't interrupt yourself in the middle of doing something because you had a you, know, you, you messed it up a little bit. Fix it, finish it, and then do another one. But there are always do-overs, and do-overs should be used liberally. I don't mean go shoot a, a 32-round course that you set up and then shoot a 32-round course you set up. And, right? That's, that's making noise and probably not gaining you much benefit. But if you're doing, I don't know, draw, fire one round on a target, that's something that requires, if you want to get fast and you want to make sure that your index and things are, are, are really well-established, and you've got a little bit of, or you've got good grip on the gun, you need to kind of do that in live fire. You can, you can get most of the stuff to be quick and efficient and, and aligned in dry fire. You will need to do things like confirm your grip in live fire. You're not going to go to the range. I get one draw, fire one round, put the gun away, I go home. That's the same thing as a match, even though there isn't match pressure and stuff. You want to do that a number of times. And the definition of a number of times is going to depend on you, your ammo budget, and how you are performing that particular isolated skill that you're trying to test. Um, if you do it really well, maybe just doing it five times in a row is going to be perfect. And you're going to go, okay, this is, this, is, this is good enough. Let's work something that is lower hanging fruit and is currently you know, requires more work. You may find that this is not working for you at all, and you might need to do 200 one-shot draws. It's fine. You're building... You're building myelin for those skills and you are subconsciously teaching yourself to correct things that don't look right during that process. Same thing happens in, in, in dry fire. Because you're getting sufficient reps, and again, this is how I always describe it to myself, it might not be technically correct, but because you're doing sufficient number of reps, eventually you get your brain gets tired enough and bored enough that it no longer wants to be involved in this process. And guess what? All of a sudden, you find a lot more speed, a lot more efficiency, and things just work. There's less, there's less uh, runs that that need work, shall we say, um, because you're you're doing it sufficient number of times. Uh, I've always seen training or instructor training uh, or self-instructor training to be identifying deficiencies and then working on a solution for that. And then once you've decided that this is the solution for you, you take that to practice. And you reinforce it to the point where that is what you do. Um, but I don't want to take a new skill and go straight to reinforcing it because it might not be optimal for me. Right? There, there might be some reason why I can't do this thing in this way. I rather want to test it a couple of times before I put in major reps, make sure that I can do it slow. Um, I don't want you to, to, to practice slowly, but make sure that you can do it slow, make sure it works, and then uh, move to practice, bang through it. Um, that's always been the, the, the major sort of difference for me is finding deficiency and ways to improve it, and then taking that, that improvement that you've decided on and making it, uh, internalizing it, make, making it automatic. So, so I think just to bear in mind with that is obviously be, be very wary of, um, with some things, it may be one step back to take three steps forward. Mm -hmm. So with that new skill, you may find that, if you've ever trained with me, you know that I despise the word comfortable. Um, you may find it's uncomfortable. You may find it, it's slower and less accurate than what you're used to. Uh, we, we had some guys on the last uh, dot course 
you know who you are, you're listening to this, aren't you? Um, who got super resistant to trying the circle only on the hollow sense. I mean, uh, you know, fire two or three rounds, this is a cuck, this is horrible, blah, 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 blah. Do some runs with it, and then all of a sudden, ooh, oh, this is this actually this actually works quite well, doesn't it? So I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm just be very careful of that sort of false positive or false negative of um, I tried it this way and 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 my way is better because your way may have lots of repetitions for doing it wrong. Um, it may and, and once again you've got that. So your draw might be shit. But you've got that button in your head that goes draw. Now you're trying to do a good draw and you don't have the button. So there's a lot more sort of feedback happening while you do it. Yeah, I, we are in absolute agreement, T. Um, I don't mean sure, try it once or twice and go, uh, this is slower, this doesn't work. I mean, there is a reason why you can't do that thing, right? There, there, there is a reason you need to eliminate it. Not, oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a little bit slower or whatever that, that that'll get fixed when you, when you go to practice and, and you build the subconscious mm. skill with that. If you find that there is some reason you actually can't do that thing, mm. that's something that you need to either yeah. throw away or shelve because it might be, you can't do that thing on this gun. And because this is the gun you shoot, that skill is not going to be important to you now, but maybe it is an important skill that you don't throw away. You just shelve it because someday you might shoot something else where that becomes important. Um, so yeah, See, absolute agreement. Don't just try things a couple of times and then go, this is slower. Don't I, I don't like it. That's not a thing. No, no, it is a thing. I think something else just, just along those lines to bear in mind is it might not work for you or it may not work for you yet. Yes. You you may not be it, it may be a very viable, useful thing, and it may be a very viable, useful thing for you in six months or a year. Um it, you you just may be in a in a in a sort of position in your journey where you can't make use of that. So don't necessarily throw it away, as Corn said. Sort of maybe shelve it. Maybe just kind of you know wrap it back up in its its wrapping and put it back in the cupboard um, and and hang on to it until one day it's useful. It's kind of like the Brian Enos book. Um, <laughs> the first time you try and read it, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And the third and time. Every, yeah, every so often you'll go back and try and read it and just make, and then one day you read and you go, oh, oh, this, this actually makes sense. Um, and then you read it again and it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> it's like it's like an orbit. So, and a useful thing for all of this, if it's possible, is a training and a practice buddy. Um, and, and that's not, it, it's not available, it's not an option for all of us. But it can be a, a, a really useful thing if, if you've got someone who you could, and, and it's a challenge. You've got to be careful that it's not a case of you're going to the range and, and only one person is benefiting, benefiting out of this relationship. Um, and that happens where you're at the range with someone and, and they're more experienced than you. So you spend every range session trying to get them to teach you shit and, and they don't get to spend time on their development. Um, but it is a really nice idea to have someone you can go to the range with who you can work together and that person can say, dude, I noticed you're doing this. Um, because sometimes, you know, even, even for really experienced shooters on, on relatively basic training courses, if they have an open mind, they'll learn shit. Um, and often they can learn stuff 
of much greater depth than, than the people that the course is, is aimed at because the instructor can turn around and go, you're making this little difference. Tweak this, tweak that. Um, and this is why I'm a big fan of saying to people, go, go do fundamental schools. Uh, a, if you want to see how good an instructor I might be biased to, but if you want to see how good an instructor is, go watch his fundamental schools. It's like, if you want to know how good a pizza place is, order a margarita. Um, because you can, you, can, you can hide a lot of shit with, you know, pineapple and salami. Um, but if you want to see how good somebody's pizza is, you have the margarita. Go see what to do. You know, go, go try at their fundamental schools. But if you are as good as you think you are, um, and spoiler alert, there's a good chance you aren't. But if you are as good as you think you are, you'll get more out of that course than the people it's aimed at because of the subtleties that you'll be able to spot. So good instructor is going to be able to go, Gaz, you, you, you're doing this a bit late or you're doing this a bit early. Or, uh, so having someone, and, and if you've got a training buddy who, who's of a, of a sort of similar skill set, it doesn't have to be identical, but a similar skill set, or even who's kind of like the sort of the Olympic um, gymnast coach, uh, sort of, I don't know that there's some problematic ones at the moment, but example where they may not necessarily be at your skill level, but they may have an understanding of the, of the game um, or an understanding of the mechanics well enough that where they may not be able to do the thing, they may be able to turn around and go, Gaz, there's a, you know, you're losing a little bit on this or, or this is happening a little bit inconsistently or, or anything like that. Uh, so don't discount the benefit of, of, of another set of eyes, or if all else fails, pointing a camera at yourself. Uh, you don't have to put it on, in, on, on Instagram, but pointing a camera at yourself and watching it and going, do I really do that? You know, uh, am, am I moving that, my body that much when I draw or whatever the thing is? And not to get guys to like send the whole world their their practice videos. I'm a I'm a big fan of of recording practice so that you can see what you're doing. Uh, I don't do that for for everything I practice, but if there's something I want to work on or something where I think there's a little bit of deficiency, I find it helps having some video that I can review. Don't discount getting someone else to have a look at that video too, because you might find something like, "Fuck, I just." I'm doing everything I can. I'm giving it my all. I can't physically move any faster. I'm at a 0.9 draw. Gaz, how the fuck do you get to a 0.6? And Gaz looks at your video and he goes, well, if you moved on the B and beep, instead of like the, the, the very end of the P, and then you wait a little bit longer, you don't have to work this hard in order to make that time because... You know, and sometimes it's really difficult for us to to look at our own videos and spot that because you're looking at the mechanics. You're like, oh, where does my hand go? Is is my hand placement good? And it turns out that you know, you're just going too late. Um, I've had that a number. I, I I know that that is a problem that people experience, and I've had it pointed out to me numerous occasions where I reverted back to to being late on the beep and not realizing because I'm focused on other stuff. So sometimes you pee too late. Is that what you're saying? Yes, which is a better problem than too early. <laughs> if it happens too soon, there's a problem. If it's too late, that's all right. A little bit of waiting is not the end of the world. That's a little head nod to our German listeners. Um. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. <clears throat> give me, give me a golden sour. Uh. 
And I mean, where? Like, I'm just going to pour <clears throat> this back <throat> in the bottle. Gaz is talking. Gaz talking. Now, quickly, talk. before I forget what I was going to say. Corn tea, shut <laughs> up. Gaz, talk. What are you saying, Gaz? <laughs> stop interrupting him. Gaz, what have you... Gaz got something important to say. Can we stop fucking interrupting him now? Okay, Gaz, say the thing that you are going to say. say. Gaz. <laughs> so the, when, when we look at the training block, basically that's a big cluster of, of research. That's, that's a time for us to research techniques, ideas, philosophies, get input from others like Tian Corn have said. So that, that area there, whether you're getting good instructional training from someone when you do courses or you're doing your own research, you need to keep in mind that that entire block, that training block is basically research and that research never ends because there's always something you could be doing slightly different, slightly better, et cetera, et cetera. So that training block, basically your research area is never going to go away. But I think Gaz has hit a really important nail on the head there. There's always going to be a better way. What, what what we thought, and, and mechanically, what guys thought was the best way to do shit 10, maybe even five years ago, isn't necessarily the best way to do it now. So what, what you learned back in the day or what that experienced shooter taught you that they learned in 1986, I'm not saying it's rubbish, but there's a very good chance there's a better way of doing it. Um, and if you're not open to exploring that and... Stuff, stuff we take for granted, the, the modern isosceles stance that, that most of us with the clue shoot with from now, um, that was pretty radical when, when Lethem and Enos started messing around with it because people didn't hold guns like that. They shot from weaver stops. Um, high thumbs, straight thumbs, that was all, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it's illogical. It's stupid. That's the sort of resistance it was all met with. It's now the norm. Um so we, and it's a fine line. We've got to be careful that we're not scared of, you know, new ideas, but also that we don't jump on every stupid um, idea that comes up because there's very little new under the sun. Uh, people were shooting isosceles positions in the 1930s and then forgot about it again, um, but not quite the way we're doing it now. So be, be aware of that. Be, be aware of the fact that the way you do it now might be really good but it can probably be improved. Something, and this is the, the the fantastic thing about our sport, there is no perfect score because if you shoot all alphas, you could have done it faster. If you do it in a radical, in, in a mental time, you probably could have shot better score. Um, there is always, until you shoot a 32-round stage in zero seconds, 32 alphas, um, without someone magicking the tablet, uh, yeah, that, until that, you do that, you would end up with no score in that in that instance because <laughs> divide by zero. Uh... <laughs> so take a little bit longer and take point one of a second, please. <laughs> no. But but you know what I'm saying? It, it's until you reach that point, you can improve. Um, so that's that's something that we need to bear in mind. There's there's always that. And, and the performance that, once again, the, the performance that five years ago here would have won you a Nationals will give you an 80% now. Uh, and I think that's something we need to bear in mind. And, and that's not to say that those guys who were winning five years ago weren't good. They may, they may be the same guys winning now, but they're not shooting the way they were shooting five years ago because if they were, 
they wouldn't be where they are. And that's why you sometimes see guys start dropping down results. It's not necessarily that the dude's getting worse. It's that everyone else is getting better. Um, so that's something we need to we need to sort of work on. There's 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 huge ground for improvement. There's the, the, the you know the, the the ground is fertile with with opportunities to 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 find better ways to do things. Um, you just need to be looking for them, and and that's that those practice sessions and and, and those practice sessions can turn into self training. Uh, they can turn into those sessions, and and that's something where you've got to be sort of honest with yourself. Am, am, am I now fucking around? Thanks. Thanks, Sash. Milk, no sugar. Thanks. Um... <laughs> Sash has only bought gas coffee. I think it's very rude. Yeah, she didn't bring for the other guys. I didn't get any. Corn didn't get any. She knows uh... my address. <laughs> oh, and freaking bow ties. Yeah. Mm, that's a keeper, guess. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, you know, it, it, it's something we need to bear in mind that, that we need to be looking for those opportunities to improve. Where competition, I think, is super valuable, and, and this is whether you're into competition for the, the, the sake of competition like I think the three of us are, or if, if you see it more, more as just a means to, the, to an end. Competition is where we test all of this stuff. And where we get to test all of the, this stuff where we're not in control. Um, because unless you're only shooting matches where you designed all the stages, built all the stages and are the match director, um, you're probably... Okay, I was going for a wank. Um, <laughs> you're probably not... You, 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 you're, you're shooting someone else's stages, if that makes sense. Uh, and that's important. It's important that you're having to deal with slightly different problems. And, and what, what competition does as well is it gives you an opportunity to see how well you can slot all of those that, those things together. And like Korn said earlier, you get one shot. Someone play some M&M. Um, I know, we'll get taken off the air. Uh, <laughs> everyone, play some M&M in your head. Uh, you, but you get one shot. You, you get one chance to do that stage for, for, for realsies. Um, you don't get to keep reshooting it. And if you go back on the second day to shoot the match, we all know it doesn't really count. Um, so <laughs> you can't, it's very difficult to get that without shooting competition. It's very difficult to, to get that sort of that, that pressure, that stress, that not just being a one-trick pony where you, you, you run drills and, and whatever drills you do, you do them until you can do them in your sleep and you go, well, you know, I can shoot a three-second fast or a fucking two-second El Presidente or whatever. Um, that's useful and good, but it's not necessarily giving you an honest snapshot of where you are, whereas a match is. And, and even if, as I say, even if you're not there to be super competitive, uh, don't bullshit yourself about how it's going to get you killed in the streets and teach you all sorts of bad habits. That's once again from people who can't shoot. Um, but what it will do is it'll give you an opportunity to go, shit, you know, the, the buzzer went and, and, and my draw was a mess. Uh, I had a malfunction and I, and I stared at my gun for three seconds before I did anything. Um, and, and if something's going to go wrong, it's more likely to go wrong in a match than it is in practice. Uh, you know, shoot 20,000 rounds in practice, nothing goes wrong. Shoot a match and your mag release falls off your gun. Ask me how I know this. Um, so that's 
That's what where competition is. You, you you can't be going to shoot a competition because now I need to practice. Yes, you can get a bit of match fitness and, and all of that sort of shit and, and stage planning and that sort of thing. But from a mechanical shooting point of view, shooting matches is going to do very little to nothing to improving your skills at shooting and at shooting matches. Uh, that work is done before you get there. Um, what, what, what shooting matches is going to do is it, it's an audit of where you are today. And the great thing about it and the reason so many people hate it, especially so many sort of um, Timmy's hate it, is because you can't bullshit your way through it. When that score sheet comes out, you know, back in the day, it used to be a piece of paper stapled on a, on a wall. Nowadays, it's, it's a thing on, on practice school. Um, you look at this thing on your phone and you see where your name is and everyone else sees where your name is. And, and the score sheet doesn't go... He was having a bad day. He stubbed his toe. He wasn't feeling well. It, it, his gun had a jab. The score sheet is, the, is completely a-emotional. The score sheet goes, he shot 57% of the winner. And with practice score, the score sheet will tell you, the winner shot this in 100 seconds, and you shot it in 187 seconds. The winner shot 95% of the available score. You shot 83% of the available score. There's no whitewashing any of that. There's no jiggery pokery about how, oh, but, you know, and, and you occasionally see it. There was a, a thing on, on, a, on a well-known school I have a lot of respect for, um, their Facebook page where someone pulled out a match result where some dude had pulled out a win. But, you know, when second and third are super seniors, um, with respect to our super seniors, um, then it's probably not the highest octane match around. Uh, and I use that as an example of, oh, look how he sucked. Well, no, he didn't suck because he beat everyone else. Um, and if you're using IPSC scoring, that means he shot more points per second than anyone else at the match. Yeah, the, the, their, their example was uh, not just the fact that he beat some super seniors, which again, all respect super seniors, mm -hmm. there are some super seniors in this country that will kick your ass behind the gun. Um, but the fact that he beat some super seniors while shooting some really low percentage of score available, I think like 80% or something. And they use that as a, you can miss fast enough to win. Um, well, no, he could miss fast enough at that match to win. <laughs> but no. in general, that's not a thing. In general, the dudes are shooting 90 to 95% of the score in the, in the fastest amount that, uh, in, in the, the, the quickest time that they possibly can. And that's the benchmark. 1995% of the score in the quickest time that you can muster. Not, nope, I can shoot this match in a fifth of the time that Gaz can shoot it in and I shot 100 mics. Um, guess what? You're not winning. Um, so yeah, outlier example. Exactly. And, 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 yeah, that was a cherry-picked example that also, only it, it only resonated if you didn't really understand how the scoring works. Um, because yes, he had some some misses, um, and and it wasn't a great result. But the fact is, he shot more points per second than that. Uh, but it was a very cherry picked example. That wasn't a case of I'm going to find 20 matches and look at these results. It's I'm going to go through 20 match results and find the one that supports my case that these guys can't shoot. Um, and that you can miss fast enough to win. And the higher the level of the game, the less forgiving that is. Uh, and and this is, and and I, I'm I'm not I'm not using this as a as a platform to sort of make fun of anyone. 
uh, except for those people who tell you it gets killed in the streets um, or get you killed on the streets. But with a it's <laughs> killed on the streets with a Z. Uh, and the Z guys. Um, <laughs> double the Z, double the something, double the flavor. And he lost his coffee. Little, yeah, I've watched Rock of Ages a lot. Um, but but competition is, as I say, it's a fantastic opportunity to to kind of test where those things are. And if you're honest with yourself, you can then use that to loop back to training. You can go, this is this is what, we'll use Steve's uh, wording, this is what I saw at this match needs work, and we can work on that. Once again, if something went wrong once, it may have gone wrong once. If you flubbed every reload, well, then your reloads may not suck, but they may need work. Uh, so you've now got that, that and, and here we've got that cycle of self-learning and self-training. We go, okay, this was the problem, and this was what went wrong. So I flubbed the reloads because I wasn't seeding the mag all the way, or I was turning the gun before the mag got out, and by the time I got there, the, the mag hadn't fallen out of the gun, or, or, or whatever. The, 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 the actual example is irrelevant. Um, how do I fix that? That's the training, and then the practice is the repetition of doing it correctly so that you don't flub it. So at the next match, you go, my reloads were good. Good error. In fact, my reloads were maybe goodest. There we go. That's positive reinforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Just something I want to add there is uh, for guys who are looking to test carry gun skills, um, going, I can't do that in competition. Pretty much whatever you are carrying and however you are carrying it, I mean, there there are some 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 boundaries here, but uh, pretty much for the sensible ways of doing these things, you can shoot an open epsic. Um, yeah. Only pretty much, right? Nine mall, basically, it's yeah. So smaller than nine mall, that's the only thing. Exactly, but beyond that, as long as it's not like you know something weird, like a like a shoulder holster, or you're carrying it in a bag or something to that effect. If, if you're carrying appendix or uh, you know, I don't like smaller back, but if you're doing that kind of stuff, you, you can do that in IPSC. Um, you may get some resistance to appendix. Uh, you might get some 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 resistance, but it's it's completely within the rules. And if you point out that it's within the rules, um, you can do that. So you can test your yourself against other people shooting competitions using your carry gear. Now. It may for a little bit be absolutely soul crushing doing that because other guys are rocking competition gear and you're shooting from a disadvantaged position. However, you might be surprised how well you can do against a lot of people, even shooting from a disadvantaged position. Um, so that's that's enlightening to try and, and I highly suggest you do, you do that. If, however, you don't have the option available of shooting IPSC, which is kind of hard to believe, but... Okay. or you don't want to shoot IPSC, if you want to test your carry gun skills, arrange a range trip with a couple of your buddies who will keep you honest, not necessarily rag on you, but will keep you honest. Have each one of you bring a drill and you all run each of those drills cold once with your buddies staring at you. Um, so you have some pressure to perform. You only get one try and your result is your result. You don't get to go, well, I'm putting this drill on the internet, so I'm going to shoot it five times. 
and I'm going to post the best one of the five. Or if I fuck it up, I go, ah, practice run. And I do another one that I pretend never happened. Um, I, if you really want to test that kind of stuff and you don't have access to a match to do that in, um, say, get a couple of buddies together, have them pick some draws and you pick some draws so that you don't get to cherry pick stuff that you're, you're good at or have practiced. And then you get one run, one. What's it? Just something to, to add to that. So maybe maybe you shoot IDPA as opposed to IPSC and they won't let you draw from appendix so they won't let you draw from a holster or maybe you've had resistance at your IPSC club. I mean, you know, for, for however you do things. And, and so that G43 or 365 or shield or whatever you carry in your right front pocket most of the time, maybe for the match you shoot that from a holster. Um, once again, it's only eight draws. You're not going to forget how to draw um, because it's not practice. So you can now go and practice from your ankle holster, pocket holster, which you're probably not doing because, face it, it's hard, so we don't do it, um, and you should be doing it. So don't use that excuse. So if you if you want to shoot IDPA and you're going to go, yeah, but, you know, they won't let me shoot my G43 from my pocket. That's why I always shoot my G34 under my fishing vest. I'll shoot your G43 under your fishing vest for a match or two. And those five or six draws are not going to kill you, but you're going to get some time with that gun in your hand. And as Corn says, it it can be soul destruction, um, soul destroying, soul de, soul de crushing. Um, That's the and, name of this show. <laughs> I like and, it. And if it is, it's probably time to have a little internal monologue, either about changing your gear or spending a lot more time learning how to shoot that gear better. Uh, if if your you <laughs> competitions are not. The, the shooting problems are not realistic in that they're substantially more difficult than you're likely to face in a self-defense situation. Um, you're probably not going to shoot 32 rounds in a gunfight. You're probably not going to shoot some of the distances that sometimes happen and that sort of thing. But I, I kind of work on the logic that if I can shoot it reasonably well under those conditions, well, then I'm going to have a better time when things are easier. If you're, if you can't make basic hits with your with your carry gun, um, so maybe not a, a 35 meter headshot, but but maybe you can't hit an A zone reliably at 10 meters with your carry gun. You can't hit a plate, you know, a, a small head size plate at seven meters. That's giving you some really useful info. Um, and and as I say, there's two possible solutions. Well, there's three. The one solution is to accept it and lie to yourself about you won't need that. That's kind of silly. Um, the one is to go, yes, this gun's awesome and convenient to carry, but I can't shoot it for shit. Um, so I either need to get a gun I can shoot better, um, so maybe go from a G43 to a G26 or, or a G19 or whatever, um, or I, this is the only gun I can carry because it's my reality, which is cool. Uh, I need to spend a lot less time fucking around with my cool guy Shadow 2 and a lot more time shooting my 365 and hoping it doesn't break. Um, sorry. So, and, and a lot more time manipulating it because that's, that is something we see. And, and, you know, the amount of guys who have a carry gun and they haven't shot it in six months or a year uh, and then wonder why they don't shoot it particularly well. And so what do they do? They put it back in their holster and carry it and carry on shooting the gun that they're good at because it makes them feel better. 
Uh, so as Corn said, go sh- if you want, go shoot matches. It's, once again, it's a test. It's an audit of where your skill set is with that gear. Um, and jokes aside, if it's not a nine more, there's a good chance that it, at your local club, at a club shoot, they'll let you shoot it. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's a nine more short or a, you know, whatever, um, chat your guys at your club. See, say, oh, I carry this 10-shot Ruger LCP2, you know, this 2-2 LCP2. Um, can I shoot a club shoot with it? Or can I shoot a couple of stoses with it afterwards? It's not often that you're going to get resistance to that. Uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to show you where you are. Um, and that gives you information that you can train yourself with and that you can then use towards your practice. Uh, and, and guys, you know, getting on my soapbox again, Sports shooting is great fun. It's awesome. It's fantastic. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance you live in South Africa. Um, if you haven't noticed, it's quite a dangerous place. If you don't carry a gun, well, that's up to you. It's a strange choice, but it's it's up to you. If you do carry a gun, that's a serious thing. If you can't use that thing properly, you shouldn't be carrying it. Um, that's not to say that you need to shoot at a gas level, but it is to say you need to have a basic sort of understanding. There was a meme going around this today, uh, this week, that was kind of funny about... Um, the average gunfight is over in three seconds and you've got a four-second draw. Uh, and while it may not necessarily be technically correct, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, sort of, you know, um, truth in, in that. So if, if that's where you are with your carry gear, you, you need to fix that. You, you need to um, train, practice, and then find a way to test it. Uh, and if you if you can't shoot matches for whatever reason, or you don't want to, you know, you're preparing for whatever, you don't want to shoot matches with a carry gun, shoot the drill of the week. When you do your practice session, do the drill of the week. Find find the last six drills of the week and run them and see how you 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 did. So as Corn said, take those six drills and go, okay, I'm gonna do a wizard drill, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do each one once. Did I pass it? I fell. Um None of those drills are inordinately are inordinately. Let's try a smaller word because it's like um, exceptionally difficult to to pass. Um, if you can pass any of those, they're 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 difficult, but but you don't have to be an A class sort of world class shooter to pass those. So if you're not passing them, once again, that's that's your competition. That was the thing where you weren't in control. That was the thing where someone else sort of decided what you had to do. You had to meet someone else's standard. Now you go, okay, I did the half test. It took me six seconds. Let me break this down. Shit, my splits are really good, but it's taken me 2.3 seconds to fire my first shot. So where's the hole? My first shot. What do I, I've now trained. Uh, I know, how do I improve this? And then how do I practice doing that? So I just want to add a one or two things before we refer to <clears throat> Gaz, our, our resident expert on, on these sorts of things to, to tell us some more about competition versus practice versus training. Um, the first one is I shot a match at Vector from Appendix shooting a G19. And what I did at that match for at least the very first stage is I had a spare mag on my hip and I had a mag in the appendix position where I normally carry a, a, a reload for my everyday carry. And on the first stage, my first reload, I skipped over my appendix mag and I went to my hip mag. Okay. And everyone's going to go, Ooh, shock horror. 
if you think you're shooting competition, you're now going to hip for your, for your reload. Guess what? I took that second mag off for every other stage for the match. I didn't, I didn't put anything on my hip because I, I realized in the first stage that I skipped over the mag I wanted to use because I knew that was there because subconsciously my brain was going, there's, there's mag there. And you know what? For the rest of the day, I reloaded from appendix without even thinking about going to my hip. So if you have to stick your gun at strong side in a normal holster, even if it's a G43 or whatever, in order to shoot production or whatever you're, you're planning on shooting for that day, because they won't let you shoot from appendix, that is fine. When the gun is in the other place, your brain will tell you it's there and you will go there to access it. When your mags are in the place where you normally carry them, your brain will tell you it's there. When you move them to your hips in order to shoot IPSC in, in not open, um, guess what? Your brain will tell you they're there and the same things happen. And then the second thing is when shooting competition with your carry gear, and, and there, there is, uh, I'm going to clarify after I've said this, you really only should get breaks on your performance for draws and reloads. Because you're probably going to have a slower draw because you're going to have to defeat concealment if you're doing this the, the way that we intend for you to do it. You're probably reloading from a position that is is less ideal. So you get a break on your reloads and you're probably reloading more often. So you get a break on your reloads. For reasonable shooting challenges, those should be the only things that differ. You should be ballpark in terms of your performance of actually shooting the gun. Granted, you will be slower if you're shooting a smaller gun, but if you're shooting 95% of the score available with your competition gear, you should be able to shoot 95% of the available score with your carry gear. Might take you a little bit longer. You might not be able to crack out you know, 16 splits. You might have to shoot 30 splits with your smaller, more difficult to shoot gun, but you should be able to make the hits the same way that you can do with your competition gear. Now, the reason I said I'll clarify a little bit after that is, obviously, if you're shooting an open gun with a compensator and a dot on it, and then you shoot a, an iron-sighted pocket pistol as your carry gun, there's a, going to be a bigger discrepancy in what what you know, the art of the possible is. But you shouldn't go, going from shooting a G17 in production, you shouldn't see a significant drop in performance when you shoot your G19, as, as, as an example. Sorry, t -Bag. I just, I just love that turn of phrase. The art of what? the possible. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like thing, that's my, right. my nipples are hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see. <laughs> yeah, sure. Show us. <laughs> this video um, will be available on our OnlyFans. This is about dogs and my nipples. Um, no, I think I think that's a fantastic point. And 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 yeah, if 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 there is a massive discrepancy, maybe you need to look at why. Um, is it that your gear is not capable? Uh, and or is it that you just haven't haven't done the work? Um, exactly, Mr. Evans. Yeah, that makes sense. So I mean, like we've sort of described, this whole thing goes around in basically all three topics that, <clears throat> sorry, all three topics that we've spoken about, all work through the cycle, and they they all feed each other. All three of them feed each other, and one goes back to the beginning, and the other one goes back to competition. So, if we look at it from this side. When we shoot matches, we've all said that that's going to be a test of your current skills and abilities. So when when you when you're finished shooting a match and you look at the results or you look at some sort of video footage, which is ideal to get at matches as well, 
um, and you work through that and you find all of the things that you think you could have done better, maybe things that you want to improve on for future. Maybe you look at the results and you're like, you know, I'm currently shooting 80%. I'd like to start getting into 90%. You need to start working out. Well, what do I need to do in order to make that happen? So now you basically, when you're looking at the results and you're analyzing them, you've gone back to training because now you're doing more research again. So once you, while you're working through all of this research of, okay, I could have done these things better if I want to prove what do I have to do next in order to get to that next threshold. So in competition, we might have two areas of research. We need to analyze our performance. So we need to say, okay, we made these errors. Are these chronic errors? Do they need our immediate attention? Or was it like a once-off? You know, so if you had a fumble draw and it was on one of the stages, maybe there was something specific that made that happen. Maybe, but that doesn't directly relate to you now having a poor draw and you need to spend hours and hours and hours and thousands and thousands more repetitions now because you made one error. Um, but if you had a poor draw or grip on 50, more than 25% of the stages or 50% of the stages, okay, now you've probably got a chronic problem and that needs your immediate attention. But the other part of the research that you're going to be doing is analyzing the results and saying, okay, I'm shooting 80% now, I want to get to 90% of x whatever you determine that that x to be it maybe it's the same guy that you get to compete with every time you shoot a match at this club now you need to start analyzing their performance a little bit to figure out where the differences are coming from between your performance and their performance what are they gaining on you is it points is it time where is the time is it a lack in skill now you're doing that research and you want to start applying that into your practice so now you might have more things that you get to practice and guess what now you get to work on the pool of skills that you have. And as you work on those and you practice those, they become more and more subconscious because of that myelin buildup. Well, now you've developed your skills to a point when you go to a match again, you're going to have an improvement. Might not be the 10% you're looking for. It could be 2.5%, but that's okay because now you're 2.5% closer to where you want to be, if that makes sense. Perfect. You, you can't improve on what you can't measure. And you, you can measure all this stuff in, 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 in training and practice, and you should. But ultimately, the measure that matters is that, that on-demand cold skill. It, you know, I'm sure it's something we've mentioned in, in the show before, but the, the problem if, with, with, with any of these things is if, if you don't have each leg, something's missing. So we all know the guy who, who will tell you that he can do a 190L press. I mean, not L press, sorry, bull drill, or or he can do a, you know, what what whatever the 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 standard is, he can he can rip it in a ridiculous time. You know, he can he can shoot a, a thirty six out of thirty six Garcia dots or, or whatever. Um, Liar. Well, yeah, <laughs> but no, that might have to be no. That'll be the most demoralizing drill of the month ever. Everyone will just give up unless you do it like a meter. Um, but what you're gonna what what you what often happens is yeah it's a 1.9 bull drill with four charlies or once while doing 15 bull drills everything came together and he did a 191 um because it's generally he women are generally slightly more honest than we are uh, about this anyway um it's it's not that and that's the thing and it may not be deliberate dishonesty but that that's what sticks out in his head it, it what doesn't stick out in his head that he did 15 bull drills there was a three second a couple of 2.5s and he averaged a 2.27 
Um, and but he he ripped out that one ninety. What's your ball draw time? One ninety one. Uh, what's your what's your draw to first shot? Sixty five. Uh, and 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 what competition does is it, it it's a one off and and you know you you you've got a, a more realistic idea. Yes, you're not necessarily doing the ball draw and this not EPA um, stage designer got bored or sometimes an epic stage designer got bored. Um, but what you are doing is is you 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 you're having one one opportunity that is measured, uh, and as we said earlier, no one cares about what your excuse is for getting a draw. Um, you know, you fumble your draw, work through it, uh, because that's that's the score on the day. You've also got to hear three complete mouth breathers say myelin in the same show, like we know we're talking about. We we actually did. Um. For the cheap seats, that's muscle memory. Okay, that's where you, where you both need to go. Muscles don't have memory, like immediately. <laughs> Our brain smooth hurts. and smooth is custard. <laughs> Only if you get spicy custard. <laughs> but it's still uh, smooth is, around the lumps. This this is True. this has gone off the rails. Um, just something on what T said there. Um, you need to pay attention to outlier results. You do. So if you have an outlier that's smoking the awesome, you need to pay attention to that because that's something that is within your ability to do. You might not be able to do it consistently right now. You might not be able to do it cold, but you've proven to yourself that that is something that you can do. You should pay attention to that. You should also pay attention to outliers that are unusually, I'm going to say poor, or I don't mean it to sound negative, but if you have outliers that, that are, are not to your current shooting standard, uh, and they're happening you know, with some frequency, you need to pay attention to those because there's something you need to correct. However, be careful of reporting your outlier results as your actual level of skill. Um, it should be your cold skill, but even if you're running not, not, not cold on demand, but you're doing a whole bunch of bold rolls, he said, in your practice session, be careful of reporting your 199 run when you did... No, 22.7 runs, one seven-second run, and one 199 run. Pay attention to those outliers because they're, like I said, there might be valuable information there, but be careful of reporting that as your level of skill because ultimately you're only cheating yourself. Um, you're, you're hiding things that you should probably be working on and improving. And by again, I, I don't want to sound negative because we don't want to sort of negatively reinforce things. But tell, deluding yourself into thinking you're better than you actually are is going to be the enemy of you improving where you are. Um, it, it's, it's just not possible when you, if you believe that you've reached the target that you wish to reach, you'll stop working towards it, um, even if you haven't truly reached it. The whiskey is good, yeah. It's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything that we haven't spoken about? Anything we've missed? Any any specific section that we haven't spoken about in enough detail? We've spoken about practice quite a lot. We've spoken about uh, competition quite a bit. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to mention on training. Um, Not from my side. I think we covered a good basis on all three of those and how they sort of interconnect with each other and actually how they work individually as well. Good stuff. T-Bag? Uh, 
I'm sure there's lots we've missed, but I think we've, we've covered kind of everything we wanted to cover pretty well. Cool stuff. Well, I don't think there's... I don't know if it was well, but I think we've covered it. We've covered it. Uh, it probably needs work. It's been well covered. Yeah, it, it needs work. We need some repetition. What, what we do is we don't practice this thing at all. We do it cold for score once a week. <laughs> and you guys get our current level of skill, which is often needs work, but won't get any attention. <laughs> which I suppose having heard this is probably better than if we said this was all scripted and um, rehearsed. Can you imagine if it was this Can bad after that? I'm I'm just thinking, can you imagine how thick you need to be to believe that this is rehearsed and scripted? <laughs> this is a professional production. Allegedly. You must hear how much gas talks in the rehearsal, though. He uses all his words. That's yes. the problem. Until we hit the record button. The, the rehearsal is like 80% gas talking and, and the other 20% split evenly between Corn and I. <laughs> What really happens is Gaz talks, like I said, the 80% before we start recording. He gives us all the, the content that we should be covering. And then T and I regurgitate it in sort of how we can remember it in our own unintelligent ways. Uh, whilst making fun of Gaz for not talking. That's why we don't release the video. So you yes, can't see us with our little note cards from Gaz. So you also can't see Jazz shaking his head while like just going, what is wrong with these people? Jazz uh, uh, is the brains of this operation. He really is. Mr. Evans, do you, do you wish to lead us out? Yeah, of course. Uh, so thanks to all of our listeners and followers. There has been some decent engagement on the group from what I've seen. Mm. Uh, that's good stuff. Please keep it up. The new drill of the month is out for October. Um, Get on that. That is a really good one. I got to play around with that today. I'm going to play around with it a bit more. That is a good load of fun. Um, otherwise, club rules are fairly normal again. Please like, subscribe, share, interact on the Facebook group. Um, and uh, club rules will be fairly similar to last week. You need to order a shirt. Exactly. Later, losers. <laughs>